This is wild. I know. <laughs> this episode is so insane. I mean, I almost wish I could have seen the commercials for the week leading up to it totally. because it's so bananas I that I feel like they really leaned into it. <laughs> Patrick, hi. Hi, you guys. Hi, everyone. Oh, welcome back to the Dayline apps. How's it going, girl? I mean, I'm loving it. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Good. Uh, you know, I feel like we're not getting as much of your Keith Morrison, but when we get it now, it really shines. This one is really Keith heavy. <laughs> Be warned. You guys, if you want more Jillian and me, join us on the Patreon. Over 250 full ad-free bonus episodes. Download a binge right this second. I mean, everything from Night Stalker to John Wayne Gacy from Peacock to I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Yeah, Tiger King, Don't F with Cats, The Vow. Preppy um, Murders, remember that one? Preppy Murder. Uh, this is a robbery, murder among the Mormons. Yes. Lots of stuff. Uh, also, ad-free versions of these episodes. You get first crack at our live show tickets and all of our merch. Yeah. There's lots of reasons to join the page. So much fun. After parties, we just chat and hang, take your questions, give advice. We're just hanging out we're just is what hanging we're doing. Out. It's a party. Everyone's think, invited. Can we get Keith Morrison to do a Patreon bonus up with us? Oh, that's a dream. <laughs> Put it out there. Come on, Keith. Keith. Come on, Keith. Come on, Keith. So it'll be fun. Ask Robbie. My love is not weird. You can ask Paul Holes. I'm not really sure where he was landed on that. But Robbie, for sure, appreciates it. Uh, yeah, for sure. At the very least, she appreciates it. All right, girl. What are we talking about today? We are talking about the classic Dateline episode. <laughs> entitled Deadly Desire. Again, I say, with all the true crime podcasts I listen to, how did I not know this story, girl? Yeah, even the opening of this is so... Lester Holt has quotes for days. Keith. Oh, my God. I know. It's just... It's peak Keith, because we start, it's like, look at this place. It's so ordinary, right? But that night, that cold night... I heat gathered here. You're right that Lester has quotes too because Lester says cheating husbands, cheating wives, the suburbs are full of secrets. Yes, it's, yes. I have, I have that quote and then Lester next to it. I have a lot of guilt still in me. It makes me sick how I could do something like that. I'm the responsible one. A working mom new at the office. She loved her job and really loved her handsome young boss. The thing that I never wanted to face was the hurt that I was going to cause. A passionate nine to five affair. The problem, she was married and so was he. I grabbed his face and I was like, you know what? I love you. I'm not going anywhere. Just tell me what's happening. Cheating husbands, scheming wives, suburbs are full of secrets. But being unfaithful to your spouse isn't a crime, is it? That would come next. It was just like every emotion possible all in one second. I went, oh my God. Murder in the dark. Who was behind it? And who would pay? When you see him on the video, he's armed and ready. Two couples, two families, and the single moment that shattered it all. I knew one day that this was all going to come out. A marriage, a murder, a mystery. I'm Lester Holt, and this is Dateline. And it's about two married couples, and, you know, they're here to give advice, because it's too late for that. <laughs> and so, and he like... He does also say, he goes, it's a shot of a Walgreens. Yes, it all takes place at a Walgreens, at a Walgreens. everyone. Keith goes, look at this place. So ordinary. And I went, Keith, girl, it's a Walgreens. It's a Walgreens. <laughs> Which, yes, you're right. And he's like, careful when you stir the hot pot of desire. Here's one of my very favorite things about Keith Morrison. 
He never picks one. Let me explain I what know, I mean by I that. Know, what no. I mean by that is that all of those things yeah. could have been on a list of like, which one should I pick? He, <laughs> he says all of them. And I love him I know, for it. Like, I he know. Could, you know that someone could have been like, well, maybe I don't have to say the hot pot of desire <laughs> and the, the, the heat gathered yeah, here yeah, on this yeah, cold, yeah. cold night. I could just pick uh-huh. one. No, he right, he says them all. You know who else would have said them all? I just got to say it. Diane Diamond would have said them all. Oh, well, she's <laughs> trash and Keith isn't. That's, well, that's wait. the difference here. One more Keithism. He says, this parking lot, there will be a body here before we're done. Keith. <laughs> and this is before we even know where we are. We don't know anyone's names. This is so Keith heavy. It's I, amazing. I got to say, everybody. though, too, I didn't know who died until we were told. I know. Even after the person dies, you still don't know who died. I Until, until you very much do. I know. <laughs> I can't do the Keith the way that you can do the Keith. But he's like, the place is Meridian, Idaho. Little brother to bigger Boise. Here in the foothills of the Majestic Rockies. And I went, oh my God, it's never going to stop. It's never. And you sometimes you just know. I know. Like there have been other episodes that we did, like the Summer Solstice one. Like Keith is great in it, yeah. but there weren't, I As don't know. As many Keithisms. But there are, there are, Keith, uh, just you know call what? me. That one was 90 minutes. This one is 42 minutes. Keith has to tell more of the story here. That's, you know. Uh, we got to do more of the 40 minute ones. Making an executive decision. They had just moved from Southern California and they were happy. They were fulfilled at work. They had two beautiful children. They had everything they ever wanted. They were Rob and Candy Hall, one of those charmed couples who'd fallen in love at first sight. In their case, first sight meant admiring each other in the gym. So it's 2006. We meet Rob and Candy Hall. They yeah. had everything they ever wanted. They loved their jobs. They loved their kids. It was love at first sight. And as Keith says, or in their case, that meant admiring each other in the gym. <laughs> okay. I gotta say, like, before we go any further, just because everyone's trash, I can say. Sure. How do you get a name like Candy? Candy? Like, is it Candace? No, because it's spelled K-A-N-D-I, I I think. I mean, that is a real... That's a name. That's a name where, yeah, her parents said, <laughs> I want it candy, K-A-N-D-I. Candy. All right, great. And so, like, Rob had this great job. He was a computer specialist. Candy's here to tell us. Rob yeah. is not here. Rob is not here. And, like, they moved from Southern California. They are so, especially Candy, very Southern California. Very. They moved to Meridian, Idaho, basically for Rob's job. And I know you said he was a computer specialist, but, like, his job is very specific. Yeah. His job is, like, specializing in vehicle locators inside police Squad cars. In Ada County. Right. That's a very specific... And according to Candy, he fucking loved, he loved his job. It's very specific, but it also feels like it should be pretty general. Right. Yeah, but it's just like, Rob, tell me what you love about the job, girl. You know what? I love when people love their jobs. I know. Rob is trash. <laughs> yeah. But you should love your job. That I know. should be a goal. We are very lucky that we and love our speaking jobs Speaking of, Candy was a paralegal. Loved it. I know. Couldn't wait to get out of bed in the morning to be a paralegal. And I'm, that's no shade to paralegal. I'm no. just saying, like, we go 10 minutes of how much they both love their jobs. He loved every minute of his job. And as if it was a sign that this is where they belonged, Candy's career as a paralegal took off too. She was a natural, could and did sell her confidence and skills to anybody who walked in the door. Can I ask you, because there was a time I thought maybe I'd be a paralegal. Sure. Would I have been good at it? Yes. I would have? Yes. It's so rare that I get a compliment out of you. That is so 
not true. No, it's not true. It's not true. It's not true. What do they do? And why would I be good at it? Because if you want to do it, yeah. I really do think that you would be bright eyed and bushy tailed. You couldn't wait to get out of bed. If you're if it's something yeah. you like you want yeah. to do, I think yeah. you would be super psyched it to do it. It seemed like a kind of job that like would be fun and you get to work with lawyers, but you don't have to go to law school. Yeah, I think it is a lot of paperwork. Yes. Because I I had a friend who was a paralegal for And a there's time. a part of me that always enjoyed paper. I like paperwork. Yeah, you get to the, that shuffling sound. I, I had a job once where one full day I would spend stuffing envelopes with paychecks. Are you Jerry Gergich from Parks and Rec? <laughs> In a lot of ways, that was his I feel favorite like I part of our job. I know. Job. The first time I did it, I licked all the envelopes. It was like 700 okay. envelopes. That ruined my week. Why did you do that? You did... Because I didn't know there was another way. Is it there a sponge? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we learned that Candy is a paralegal. She could charm anyone. And then we meet this grumpy girl named Sophia who says, well, it didn't hurt. She was pretty. Keith. No, it didn't. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you guys, we didn't work out that bit. No. That's. <laughs> I just love being Keith. Their co-worker, Sophia Serna, idolized Candy. You became close. Oh, we became very close. She was like a mother to me. Yes, it was all just about perfect. Sophia, I didn't find her that grumpy, but also if I had to deal with Candy, I'd be grumpy as fuck. Oh, Do you no. think I would you, get along for a second with uh-uh. Candy? No. You would have had to go to a, a competing law firm. You would not have been able to stay there. <laughs> yeah, not just any law firm. I want to go against her. I want to take down her totally. law firm, which is not how like paralegals <laughs> work, but I would make it my business. Totally. But Sophia and Candy were really close, and Sophia wants everyone to know, like, Candy was like a mother to me. I... She was just old enough to be my mother, Keith. Like, I looked up to Candy because she was older, <laughs> Keith. I wrote, I don't think Candy liked it when she said that. Well, Candy's going to hear it again in a moment. And again and again. And I feel like every time Sophia said that in the office, Candy's like, ah, you yeah. mean big sister, don't you? Ah. No, I mean mother. <laughs> no, I mean mother. Candy. By the way, Candy is not even 40 in the time of this story. I am 43 years old. I don't feel old. Candy, like, they talk about the age 40 as though they're Jenna from 30 Rock, 40, time to die. (laughs) Keith says some questionable ageism bullshit in this. Keith is 88 if he's a day. Keith is going to outlive us all, okay? I don't know what he puts in his coffee in the morning, but he's going to be here telling our stories forever and ever. So eight months into his job, Rob, Candy's husband, has yeah. to start traveling more and more. And he'd be staying away for longer and longer. He starts snapping at Candy, giving her an attitude. Yeah. This is, and remember, we're hearing all of this from Candy. Right. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, you begin to suspect something. Yeah. I start thinking, what is going on? Why are you acting like this? And then one night, after a late flight in from California, Rob lay down beside his wife in bed. And it all came tumbling out. So one night, Rob, according to Candy, just yeah. breaks down and confesses that he's been having an affair. And yeah. Candy, according to Candy, says, Rob, please just fix it. Keith is like, where's the bullshit button? <laughs> Are you telling me? I know. Candy, at one point at a yard sale, bought a stack of old china plates to break on walls for this very moment. Right. You know what I and mean? And then 100% just like, oh, is that the good china? Ooh. Let me get my throwing china. Like, just wait. Like, how late is he right. to justify throwing the good plates all over yeah, the living room? totally. So Keith's like, well, hold on a second. Yeah. Candy, you're t- you didn't get mad? And he goes, you didn't get upset. You didn't cry. You didn't scream. You didn't yell. You didn't do anything. He, like, gives her all these options of things she could possibly do. And Candy's like, I know Keith, isn't it shocking? I, I just loved him. I didn't get mad. I just begged him to fix it. I really wanted the marriage to work. So Rob agrees to go to therapy. 
but it didn't stop the affair. This is where we get back to Grumpy Sophia, and she's like, I watched my mother figure. She doesn't say it, but just, I feel like it's the subtext she to everything. She says it like in her way. Totally. She says it with her eyes. <laughs> I watched this much older woman go through <laughs> hell at work. She's like, she was suffering. She was miserable. She still loved him. But then Sophia says something very telling. Sophia says, Candy couldn't believe that he found something in this woman that wasn't in Candy. Which I was sort of like, I feel like Candy feels less sad that like the love of her life is stepping out and more that there's another woman out there who can do something she can't do. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. Because, and Keith, yes, Sophia, <laughs> call me. <laughs> But this is where the minute you know, ooh, Keith does not like candy. After he confessed to you and you said fix it, he didn't. He didn't know what he wanted. Come on, no, I mean, he wanted to keep going with the affair. That's what he wanted. I for sure told him to stop. Stop right now or I'll stamp my foot and hold my breath. Yeah. And he kept doing it. Yeah, it was my fault. He had a void because of me. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking. What do you think the void might have been? Or what did you think the void? I just was boring. Candy goes, yes. well, Keith, I told him to stop. And Keith mocks her to her face. I know. He's like, oh, yeah, you said stop right now or I'll stop my foot I hold my breath. <laughs> Keith hates what? her. I gotta say, I didn't like that because it was such a... There's some misogyny in there, Keith. It's a little bit like you're going to be the woman, the childish woman. Like, that was what he was implying. Yeah, well, I guess by the time I took my notes, I knew where the story went. Totally. And I feel like by the time <laughs> Keith sits down, he knows where the story goes. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, misogyny. He, and speaking of, yeah. we, we get that pretty soon because Keith says, you know, Candy says Rob was cheating because, you know, she was boring and unlovable and nearly 40. Keith, nearly 40 is I, just fine. What are you 40? talking what? Are you kidding me? Like, Candy really, at one point, he refers to the, her birthday. Speaking of, the worst thing Keith says. I know, I know, I know, I know. Is he's talking about, you know, nearly 40, and then he's yeah. like, her 40th birthday was barreling towards her like a Chinese bullet train. I just had Keith. I know. Wait, wait a second. What's going on? I know. But now we have to meet Emmett Corrigan, who's Candy's new boss. So because Candy also got fired. So her husband's having an affair. Candy gets fired. And I was like, uh, can we get more information about that? We, we do. Will. Hold tight. <laughs> Speaking of a barreling freight oh train. Oh, my God. Oh, here we go. It's, uh, this guy, Emmett, he's fresh out of law school. You guys, the picture that they show of him, I'm trying not to do the Ted Bunny was hot thing. Uh-huh. Careful. I know. <laughs> I know. Easy, girl. I know. He is so attractive. I'm just saying I can understand why Candy was motivated to take the job. Motivated <laughs> to take the job. That's a really nice way of putting it. Yeah, but Corrigan fixed everything. He was handsome and he thought she was gorgeous. And of course, he hired her right away for his new law office. And, well, you know what came next. Soon there were racy emails, spicy text messages, we get this whole thing where he's starting a law firm and she's a paralegal without a job. and She's almost 40. She's almost 40. Miserable. Again, almost Spinster. 40. Is old enough to be Sophia's great-grandmother. <laughs> Sophia. You know what I'm going to say in this interview? Mother figure. Mother figure. She was like, I mean, like, a, like an elderly <laughs> grandmother with stories from the past. Candy's like, fuck you, Sophia. Incontinent. She can yeah. Be, you know I mean? really, she really needs help going to the bathroom. And I take her. I'm happy to do it because I love her like a grandmother. I love her like an elderly, incontinent grandmother. Yeah. Which she basically is, everyone. Because she's almost 40. Because she's almost 40. Guys, she might as well be dead. I know. 
So anyway, Emmett hires Candy, and we learn that Emmett is all about candy from day one as well. Immediately, we get the racy emails and the spicy text messages. Spicy. (laughs) And it's just like, I don't know, like, as a business owner, can I just tell you how I go out of my way to never say a fucking thing to any human that could ever be construed as, like, sexual harassment? Girl, we're we're not worried, girl. (laughs) It's okay. Not the ladies, but, like, there's been guys in and out of here a little bit, too. Yeah. And I'm just like, you're just gonna, like, you're a business owner, fresh out of, you're a fucking lawyer too you know how this works right, right you're right, just right. gonna go and start the sexual harassment on day one well i think i think it was mutual yes i agree it doesn't make it any better or less illegal you right, know what right, i mean right. because even candy's like she gave me everything i wanted which was attention like yeah. have we met i would like to be put on that pedestal and it made me feel that way it was pretty much of an ego boost for me and she really wasn't trying to get back at her husband said candy at least not consciously i was thinking about me and only me. You know what? It made me feel good. It made me feel like I was on top of the world. In fairness to Candy, I get that. Like, you know, she's been cheated on. Like, her husband won't end the affair. Candy's a beautiful He's woman. He's traveling all around. It's like, yeah. it's not a, like a real relationship. No. But speaking of relationships, it's funny. Yeah. Because Emmett is married to Ashley. I and know. Ashley is here with us today. Poor Ashley has been crying. Like, I Ashley know. just comes into this interview crying and she cries the whole time. I know. They, interestingly enough, both met in a gym, like Rob and Candy. I know. And I said, okay, enough, you guys. Like, we I get know. it. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, enough. Yeah. They met in college. They're Mormons. They got married super young. Uh, they love each other. They like hiking and going to the lake. Which I, I was like, <laughs> I just wrote. They said in the winter they went skiing, in the summer they camped, and I said, no, girl. Oh, God. No. Aren't you tired? <laughs> Especially I know. because by what, the time. What season do they nap, I wonder? I know. Because we like know they don't autumn. drink. Oh, God. Oh, spiced. I, mm. Okay. I but speaking of exhausted, so Ashley is pregnant uh. with her fifth child when Emmett meets Candy. Which is like, come on. And they were like in their early, like, we, at the time of this interview, Ashley is 29. I know. So she started having kids like in her teenage years, it feels like. I know, I know. And so, like, here's, here's, here's another just, oh my gosh, like, like, just put it in the the greatest. Keith Dateline moment vault. I know. Ashley tells Keith, look, I had no idea that Emmett was cheating with Candy. And Keith, with that, like, 2020 hindsight. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Did you suspect she was involved with him at all? With Emmett? Yeah. No. Why? The way he described her was an older woman who he looked up to in a motherly way. He said, she just believes in me. She thinks I'm going to be this great lawyer. And you saw her and she was an older woman. She was almost 40 and I was 28, so I don't, it wasn't something that I felt like a competition of, I guess. Emmett saw Candy as, as a, a mother, mother figure. figure to him. I know. <laughs> and he, he says to Ashley, she just believes in me. She's I know. She's just like my, my, again, like my great grandmother. <laughs> my incontinent great grandmother. And Ashley, he- I just help her go to the bathroom. <laughs> And then Keith says to Ashley, and you met her, and she was much older. Right. And, and Ashley <laughs> Ashley goes, I mean, she was almost 40, and I was 28. So no, Keith, I wasn't threatened at all. She was 40. You guys. Like an idiot. Like an old idiot. There's this one episode of The Golden Girls where Dorothy is getting ready to go out for the night, and she's all dressed up, and she's got, like, the outfit and the necklace and the earrings and whatever, and Blanche and Rose both want to, like, restart style her. Yes. So they go point by point talking about how ugly she is. Yes. It's so funny. And like, that's what I feel like happens to Candy at every turn in this episode. Because Candy's 
not great. But we you don't have to age shame no, no, we, a we don't have to, 40-year-old. Look, that's my point. There's yeah. plenty to deal with with Exactly, candy. exactly. There's plenty to deal with. And the thing is, Keith tells us these two, Candy and Emmett, who are both married yeah. with their whole families at home, were screwing at work. I know. Like, literally Oh, my at- God work. They thought they were keeping it from everybody but they would come out of like his office with their hair tussled and their clothes on backwards. Right. Keith goes, <laughs> you know, they'd come out hiding their suddenly messy hair, their hastily rearranged <laughs> clothes. They were only fooling themselves. <laughs> like, And not only that, they were both suddenly happy. Like they were unhappy in their marriages. Sophia goes, my great grandmother Candy, her attitude was significantly improved. Right, because you know Candy didn't like Sophia just because she was younger. Ageism goes both ways. Totally. Just totally. saying. Totally. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is when Rob, yeah. Candy's husband, is like, I want to work on the marriage now. And she's like, but I'm fucking my boss in the break room. Totally. And I'm happy now. So I don't want to work on our marriage. Are I you know. Nuts? You I'm guys, it's, so much fun over here. it's time to just end the marriage. And if they had just done the responsible thing and ended the marriage, then like we wouldn't be here today. Right. And one night, a couple of months into the affair, events suddenly ticked measurably toward their deadly conclusion. Around bedtime, Candy received a text from Emmett and couldn't hide it. The text popped up, and Rob read it, and it said, I wish I was there with you tonight. What did he, he say? He was angry. He just, Kenny, what is this? And I said, I don't know. So he calls Emmett. Rob goes, why are you texting my wife? So this is another time where we get a story from Candy where I'm like, Candy, just be honest. And yeah. I'm like, Candy, I know. you know it was a sex. It was. T- it was and in- it was like 30 of them. Totally. And like, <laughs> like, I don't know. It was something like, I, I don't know, like you're my friend. Or right. like, thanks for the I great job at work today. You're barely incontinent. I think you're so pretty. <laughs> yeah. Or like, that, you know, the paperwork's due tomorrow. Totally. And like, Rob just got furious. Like, <laughs> Candy. <Yeah. laughs> you're sitting with Keith. So then Rob, according to Candy, I, it is so true. We get this entire story from Candy. <laughs> Right, which makes her look, like, not that bad at first. And also, like, these two men are fighting over her. So, she, according to Candy, Rob, her husband, calls Emmett, her boyfriend, and, like, it was like, why are you texting my wife this kind of stuff? And within minutes, Emmett shows up at their front door. I went, what? At it's 1 a.m. Like, it's another example of Dateline presenting completely insane stuff as though it's normal. Right, because at first I'm like, wait, wouldn't Rob get in the car to yell at Emmett? Because he right. got, So, Emmett is like, I, I won't, like, let you yell at me like this. So, then <laughs> Emmett gets in the car so he can scream at Rob. <laughs> on his own front lawn at one in the morning and Candy's just like, isn't this great? But then also according to Candy, after this like encounter that doesn't come to fisticuffs, it's just right. two hot guys yelling at each other Scr- in the yard. At one o'clock in the morning on I the know. front lawn? <laughs> like what? She says, Rob comes back in and says, fine, you win. He's young. He's gorgeous. He's an attorney. You make a lot of money for him. What am I good for? Yeah, what I, am I good for? I can't for? compete. Fine. You yeah. and Emmett win. Keith is like, oh, he's devastated. And I was like, ah, uh, devastated or maybe looking for an off ramp? Like, right. Maybe Rob was like, well, I'll just go back to that other lady I was banging and we can just call it a day. Hey, Emmett, you can have her. Take her. (laughs) Emmett's life was complicated, too. Ashley could see how stressed he was, didn't understand it. That or why he seemed to avoid coming home. Ashley thought maybe it was her fault. She went to marriage counseling. Emmett refused to go. I had felt really pushed away and was trying to find an answer. and Ashley is getting suspicious as well because Emmett's yeah. never around. He's picking fights with Ashley. It's so fucking bad at their house. He's never home. And Ashley, like, I just believe everything she says. Yeah, me Ashley, too. Ashley, except for one thing, which she says in one second. Okay. Um, 
Ashley says, our youngest kid came to me and says, does dad even live with us anymore? I know. That fucking, look, you like you think I don't feel guilt about it? It's a Saturday afternoon and you and I are recording. I know, I know, Steven, I know. Stephen, <laughs> Stephen, are in the park. I know. Like, that hit me like a fucking knife to the throat. I know. And Ashley's like really, really trying. She's going yeah. to marriage counseling without Emmett because he's a dick and won't go. Ashley's trying too hard. Like, she, Ashley's right. being horribly abused and it, 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 it's terrible. And she's doing things where it's like, you're so desperate for any kind of love and approval where she's like, I just, I was trying to do nice things, so I was like cleaning out his car for him. So this is the thing I don't believe. Ashley, okay. girl, you were snooping. Like, oh, you right. were... <laughs> fair, 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 fair. Yeah, so you were 100% snooping. That's fair. Which is fine. You're allowed to snoop. Your husband's a fucking dick. That's like, true. Like, go snooping. But she says that like, she <laughs> finds a pill in his car. She finds like a weird envelope with yeah. a pill in it. And I was like, what is this pill going to be? And it turns out, like, we're going to find out that this guy, Emmett, he wants to be a bodybuilder and he's taking all these steroids and amphetamines. It was probably one of those. But she looks it up and like finds out that a side effect of whatever this pill is is that you lose your sex drive. Right. And so she says like I was finally able to like let myself off the hook like maybe it wasn't just that he didn't want right. me. And this is not my issue with Ashley. This is my issue in general is that like Ashley still believes that everything that happened in her marriage is her fault. She believes right. that in this interview. Yeah. She and does. I hate that for her. I just hate it. Emmett who'd been working out more and more announced he was going to a fitness competition in Ohio on their wedding anniversary. What does that feel like? Lonely. He called and said, happy anniversary, I'll call you later, but didn't call back. I've known Ashley for five minutes. Right. I know that like she's the one that like wants the rose petals on the bed. Yeah, and the... it doesn't you cannot give a shit about your anniversary, but when yeah. you're married to someone who cares about it, yep. can you just be nice to them? But also, that means I'm leaving you alone with the five fucking kids yep. to raise and deal with on your own for the weekend of our anniversary. Well, I go out and have fun in Vegas or wherever the hell right. this is. And do my thing yeah. and like my fun thing that I want to do. When when do you think the last time Ashley did something like just for her? Even Never. to this day, she hasn't done it. Agreed. To this day. Agreed. So then he calls her on the anniversary to say happy anniversary and then just never calls her back. He's like, oh, I got to go for this fitness competition. And she says... He was not in a fitness competition, no. by the way. He was with Candy. Yes. And he says, I'll, I'll call you. It's our anniversary. I'll call you back. Never calls back. You know Ashley is sitting by the fucking phone. Waiting. Waiting for him to call back. Never calls back. Then she tells this insane story that at some point that weekend, one of their kids is sitting the on her lap. They're four-year-old. They're four-year-old for two hours screaming, my daddy's going to die. My daddy's going to die. Now, I have one child and she is seven and only one time in that entire seven years have I been left alone for two days to parent her without a co-parent and it was hard enough with one. Like what Ashley's not telling in this story is that while that kid is having this complete psychotic meltdown that is absolutely terrifying on its own, seven other kids are setting the kitchen on fire, the TV is blaring, another kid is crying, the bath is overflowing, the dishes haven't been done in fact. Ashley's life is a living fucking hell. Everything you're saying is absolutely right. Yeah. I have something to say about this four-year-old's outburst in a minute. Yeah. Get there, but everything you're saying is right. It was the 11th of March, 2011. This was it. The big event. D-Day, you could say. It was early evening, cold as the sun went down in Meridian. Cold and bleak. And in two homes in particular, it was very bleak indeed. So it's March 11th, 2011, and uh, Keith... I think it just insults veterans everywhere. He's like, this is it. It's D-Day. And I'm like, Keith. Yeah, I know. Not everything Keith says is perfect. I, I hate to admit it. Look, you can love someone and also be critical of them. I know. <laughs> so Candy comes home to find her husband, Rob, packing up his shit. He's out. 
He's moving. And you know what? Again, I say like, we should have just let that be the end of it, yes, Candy. great. You don't want him. He doesn't want you. Why are you fighting for this marriage, girl? Right. And so Candy's sitting here telling us and Keith, like, she just feels so guilty for what was about to happen. And it's just a very tumultuous night. Yeah. So meanwhile. Across town. Right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Emmett is screaming at Ashley because yes. how dare she, I don't know, give a shit about their marriage and work really hard at it. Because Ashley had like committed the cardinal sin of talking to somebody in her family about their marriage. Mm -hmm. And this person had agreed to like help counsel them. And Emmett is losing his fucking shit about that. And he's like, I fucking hate your family. I could beat up your brother. Emmett. Who says that? Put down the steroids, I have know. some water and go to fucking I know. therapy. I could beat up your brother. Like who like, thinks like that? And in that moment, Ashley knows that something is happening with him yes. because she's trying to center him and bring him back. I grabbed his face and I was like, you know what? I love you. I'm not going anywhere. I don't care what it is. Just, just tell me what's happening. And I don't know. I felt like that was the last chance and he, he didn't take it. He didn't, he didn't open up about anything. I just want to go on record and say I fully understand that there are plenty of people who are abused and cannot leave their circumstance. I am not blaming Ashley at all. But this whole I will never leave you thing, let's stop saying that. I know, I know. Because, like, and again, I'm not blaming her. I know she couldn't. But, like, you should leave a guy like that. I just feel so sad for her. And yeah. I want to, like, hug her and be like, sweetheart, like, you are better than she this. She just wasn't there. No. You know? Or yeah. or she was scared or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's I don't know. Sa it's sad to watch. It's yeah. very it's very sad for Ashley. Because, yeah. like, things just get worse. So, he agreed to talk to a family member. Yeah. And to this I say, go to professionals. I know. Like, please, please don't go to someone that you both know in real life that's part of your family that's just going to try to, like, get through niceties. Please go to a professional if you're really going to do this. And I'm going to ask you kindly, if you're going to talk shit about somebody you're married to, turn off the baby monitor, but idiot. he's such a deadbeat dad, he doesn't know what the fuck a baby <laughs> monitor is. And listen, I, like, not with Steve, but there was a time somebody came to stay with us and went into a room and talked about us and the <gasps> baby monitor was on. <laughs> Thank God we're going for drinks after I know, this. I, know, I, I know. that story immediately. You guys, this is a thing that fucking happens. And so this is what happens. He takes the call in the room with the baby monitor and Ashley listens to the whole thing. The hard part then was not a word he said was true. What was he saying? I think she might be sleeping with this person. She says I'm the worst father ever. And just things that I know I had never done. So when he walked out, I flipped the baby monitor off. And I said, oh, um, how did it go? It went good. He thinks you're as crazy as I do. And Emmett's just screaming a bunch of bullshit. Ashley's cheating on him, blaming it on Ashley, accusing him of all this shit. So Ashley, like takes a moment yeah and makes a decision but also when he comes out of the room she turns off the monitor and pretends that she didn't listen this is the decision yeah oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> so here's what happens Ashley's like uh so how'd it go <laughs> and Emmett like a total just manipulative asshole just goes oh he thinks you're as crazy as I do it went great and I loved every second of that she's like okay did you hang up because like I was supposed to talk to the yeah. person too like yeah. can I talk to them and Emmett goes I don't care what you do I'm going to Walgreens but you can't use my phone he says oh really yeah and I was like I hate him so I know, much I, hate I him. fucking hate this person so much I know and I'm because like we've been hearing about Walgreens from the beginning what the fuck happened I to know, the Walgreens I and I just want to say I don't believe like I don't trust Candy at all but I believe every word that comes out of Ashley's I, mouth. I could not agree more because also Ashley somebody has to believe you guess what that person's me I know and me and you we're here 
that for you, Ashley. Meanwhile, across town, Candy and Rob. Candy is now begging Rob <laughs> to stay and work on the marriage. Which is just bullshit. Candy. Like, it's the, such a lie. This did not happen. And then she's like begging and pleading. And then she goes, oh, you know what? Uh, I need to go to Walgreens. It just can't wait. I, I need to go right. They're in the middle. Like their marriage hangs in the balance. And she's like, ooh, got to go to Walgreens. Dry eyes. I got to get that Visine. You right. know what I mean? And Keith basically essentially is like, listen to how Candy explains his Walgreens bullshit, huh? Listen to this. As I was pulling out of the back of my driveway, Emmett texted me and said, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to Walgreens. And he goes, I was just there. Hey, meet me there. And then what happened next? You can watch it yourself right here on Surveillance Tape. Like, she never tells us what in the moment of the fight made her have to go to Walgreens. Because the fight never happened. Right. And, like, she never thought Keith Morrison would go deep on the questioning. You right. know, what am I being cross-examined here, Keith? Yes! <laughs> Move over, Keith. Because you would think that that would be part of the conversation where she's like, we're having this fight. Suddenly, I need this yeah. emergency thing. Yeah. That never comes up, right? No, yeah. So Candy's like, Keith. And Keith's like, listen, this is the part. This is the part. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen to this bullshit. She's like, I was in the car and just minding my own business. Yeah. I get a text message from Emmett who's like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, oh, nothing. Just head into Walgreens. And Emmett's like, oh my God, girl, same. I'll meet you in the parking lot. The Walgreens parking lot was their meetup spot. And totally. let me tell yeah, yeah, you, yeah. there used to be a restaurant that my mom and her friend Nancy used to go to. Nancy, I know you listen. Hi, Nancy. Hey, Nancy. She's always texting my mom quotes of shit that we say. Hello. That, Hello. <laughs> that they, would, they knew it was like a, a meetup spot because there would be people all lovey at the tables and then go in different cars on total opposite ends of the parking lot. Wait, were your mom and Nancy doing it? No, they were just meeting up for lunch. It was like a lunch spot they liked. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> and so, but that was Julian, like... Julian, really think about that story. <laughs> it was just a spot they liked. My mom and her friend Nancy used to go to this lesbian pickup spot and oh, spend God. hours together unseen by anybody else. <laughs> it wasn't just women. It was just like couples. I go to Walgreens, go through the drive-thru, and then I pull around and I park my car. And then he pulls up and I get in his truck and we go to Fred Meyer. Here they are again, getting gas at Fred Meyer when Emmett opened the truck's rear door. He pulls out all these prescription bottles. And I said, what are you, what are you taking? And Emmett and his transphobic ass, he's yeah. like, well, if you don't want to grow a penis, don't take this. And Candy's yeah. like, you're adorable. <laughs> like, she, you don't ask? I know. You're just taking bags of prescription drugs. You're making, because why he's taking the bags out of the backseat of the car yeah. is because, as Keith says, from there they drove off, pulled to a secluded spot, and had sex under a streetlight. <laughs> he had to take his steroids I know. off of the backseat. To have sex with his married girlfriend. I know. Well, his wife is crying at home with five kids. And then the best part of this whole thing is like in the middle of the sexing. Right. They're tangled up in each they're other. Keith, up don't in make each it I know. sexy. Also, just to put a, a, a quick pin in this, I've never understood the sex in the back seat. There's not a lot of space back I don't there. Get, it's like when they have no place to go. Right. <laughs> just get a hotel room. I don't know, credit card. It's like not like everybody knows you're cheating. I know. Like, what are you doing? But then there's a phone call. This is my favorite. Thing. And Candy's daughter, this is, it has to be a lot. Nothing makes sense. Candy's <laughs> daughter calls and is like, hey, mom, I saw your car at Walgreens. What are you doing? Yeah, like like basically accusing her of fucking her boyfriend under a streetlight on a side street. But 
wait, I don't understand. Like, according to Candy, the daughter is coming home from a date. And she's like, yeah. do, 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 do. And she's like, what the fuck is my mom's car doing <laughs> at Walgreens? The reason they meet up at the Walgreens is because it's not suspicious. Everyone has to go to Walgreens. <laughs> so I don't know why the daughter would call yeah. and be like, why are you at Walgreens, mom? I know. And then Candy is like, oh, fine, I'll leave. So Candy's annoyed that her daughter called her and she has to stop sexing. Right. And go home and be with her daughter. I Yeah, it, yes. That you agree this makes no sense? Yeah, it, it, it totally makes no sense. I just love the part where the daughter's like, I told dad. Remember? Dad, the guy that you left and said you were coming right back because you're begging him to stay with you. Right, but there was an emergency at Walgreens that she like forgot about that lie. I know, I know. She forgot, because she told Keith, she was like, I just, I simply must be, like I just told Rob, like it couldn't wait, this emergency. And then she forgets the minute she said it. And my question is, why didn't Rob go back to packing the boxes? None of this happened. Yeah, finally some peace and quiet so he can (laughs) pack his socks or whatever. Now the wind was up. Rob, the unfaithful husband, had to know Now he was the aggrieved spouse. And sure enough, as Candy talked to her daughter, here he was in his pickup truck, come to Walgreens to look for his wife. Rob is already at Walgreens, right. running up and down the aisles right. looking for candy. And, and we, we know see this surveillance. See I know. And then, so Rob, we're going to learn later, he's been there for 17 minutes before Candy and Emmett come back. Okay, He's and in I'm the gonna... makeup aisle looking for candy. Stop it. <laughs> we're not always in the fucking makeup aisle. Candy might be. <laughs> but sometimes we're Look, looking... she's almost 40. You know what I mean? <laughs> she... Gotta hide those crow's feet. Well, then she would be in the incontinence aisle. <laughs> Is there a whole aisle? So Rob has parked his truck next to Candy's car. We see on surveillance, he pulls his truck out and then parks it on the other side of Candy's car so that like his truck will no longer be in the surveillance video view. Here's my question. Uh He backs his truck into the parking space both times. I We park in a parking garage where every single fucking truck is backed into the parking space. What is up with that? I don't know how anyone does anything with a car. <laughs> parallel parking? What the fuck I, is that? I can't see Anytime we're in a situation where we have to parallel park, Steve has to do it. I have to get out and like let him drive. Uh, uh, you guys, people who drive trucks, somebody DM me and tell me why people back their trucks There's got to be a reason, There right? has to be a reason. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> So Rob can't find Candy. He calls her. Right. Again, all of this dialogue comes from Candy. Yes. (laughs) Rob's like, Her name is Candy, by the way. uh, With a K. Yeah. (laughs) Which is great if you're a Candy with a K. Just don't pull this bullshit. Be honest with me. Yeah. Phone call from Rob. He goes, are you with Emmett? And I go, took a deep breath and I said, yep, I am. Emmett looks over at me and he takes the phone away from me and he goes yeah what's up chief and he says yeah wait right there I'll, we'll be right there you wait right there Emmett grabs the phone and he goes hey what's up chief which is like so I brotastic and I had to take a real moment like if that really happens that's the truest thing Candy I said, know I know that Emmett was like hey and like they just start fighting and screaming I at mean each other. can you imagine like you're and also can we remember 25 minutes ago he was leaving her I know 25 minutes ago Rob was leaving Candy and she was begging him to stay begging him to stay the emergency at Walgreens is <laughs> fucking her boyfriend <laughs> right and then Rob who was leaving her uh-huh. is now so invested in staying. Right. He's gone to the Walgreens, parked the truck backwards, moved the truck, parked it again backwards, then calls her and now engaged in a verbal fight on the phone with her boyfriend. Right. And now Emmett, like in the throes of roid rage, yeah. decides yes. he would like to fight Rob in the Walgreens parking lot. Right. And Candy's like, no, 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 Keith. And this is when I said to him, no, honey, yeah. we're not going to do this today. Because what, what she's saying is that Emmett is like, we are going to that. We're going to drive back to Walgreens. We're going to settle this once and for like, I'm going to beat his ass, basically. And that is a very much a roid rage thing. Of 
thing. Of course. Like this, they can't wait to fight. Yeah. Steroids makes you crazy, guys. Ugh. If you're on the steroids, please get off it. And Keith is just like, no one took a breath. I know. No one decided, no cooler heads prevail because there wasn't a cooler head here. Which, Everyone is just out of their minds. And and that is also one of the only things I believe other than everything Ashley says in this entire episode. Yes, because Candy is now reenacting this whole debacle for Keith. So according to Candy, who's telling Keith, who's telling us, right. <laughs> Emmett told Rob, the husband, that Candy's over it. Right. They're in the Walgreens parking lot. Now they're face to face. Right. And now it just becomes about money. Emmett said, really, Rob, what did you make last year? Maybe 40000 Candy, what did we make last week? 27000 last week. In one week, Rob, that's how much I make. You don't make anything. Nasty, of course. Arrogant. Like a thoughtless young buck who needed to be reminded of something. Remember how Emmett was screaming at Ashley about, I can beat up your brother, I hate your family? Yeah, 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 yeah. There are shades of that here. Because Emmett percent. is just like, how much do you even make a year, bro? <laughs> Right. Like, what do you make, 40 grand a year? I yeah. make 28000 in a week, bro. And Rob's like, what? I know. I was leaving her 25 minutes ago. Like, you're, what? Like, okay. Like, you're still a dirtbag fucking my wife. Like, I kind of don't, like, what are you talking oh, it's, about? it's the roid rage. He's just out of his mind. But what's interesting, though, if this is true, like, this does sound like, like, I know Emmett, but this right. does sound like something Emmett would say. Totally. <laughs> and now, just keep in mind, like, how Candy is telling this story. Uh -huh. Because now, uh -huh. like, Emmett's the like. The details are important. You know, these details of Emmett just like flying off the handle and just being really aggressive and mean, which I'm sure he was in life because yes. we believe Ashley. But yeah. like now the details are just like Rob is never going to leave her. And uh -huh. now Emmett's right. really mad. And 30 minutes ago, he was leaving her and leaving she was her. begging him to stay. Yeah. So then Candy tells us after basically paycheck shaming Rob, Rob says to Emmett, dude, what are you doing? You have five kids and a beautiful wife at home waiting for you. Rob, you're also cheating on your wife. I know. But I, I, so thanks for <laughs> that like good point Rob right. like you're cheating on your wife too right and so I guess at the mention of his wife and children according to Keith according to Candy right Emmett loses his shit and <laughs> just goes up to Rob and like shoves him Emmett's like oh no the truth I know. whatever shall I do so he like pushes him quote very hard and like if he's all roided up of and he's like going doing like fitness conventions like Rob fitness probably went flying fitness conventions and Candy again is like that's when I said, okay, enough, fellas. Right. Stop fighting over me. Stop. You guys, stop. stop. Oh, you guys. You too. So masculine. And Keith's like, Candy, get to the point. What? This right. is Dateline. Yeah. Something <laughs> bad happened. What happened? Right. And Candy's like, oh, right, right, right. So they, they were fighting over me. Did you get that they were fighting over me? <laughs> they were fighting over Candy. And Candy's like, suddenly that's when I hear it. And at that point, I hear pop, pop, pop. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. And I stopped and like, what was that? And all I see in my peripheral vision right here is Rob covered in blood. Like someone poured a can of red blood all over him. And I went, oh. He's yeah. like, really? Now, remember, somebody dies. And I don't know who it is. I don't either. And Keith is not telling us anytime soon. No. It's going to be very chaotic from now yeah. until the end. If it hasn't already been, it's been quite a roller coaster. So Remember the sex under the streetlight? I mean. Chaos. Mom. It's I saw, chaos I saw in your time. car, mom. I'm telling dad, mom. <laughs> like, oh my God. So 
So Candy calls 911. We hear the call. She's yeah. screaming. She's hysterical. She, she's me. What she should like, obviously, yeah. like the truth is something hard. Someone yeah. was shot in front of Candy or or, or behind, behind her, her. <laughs> but in front of, in the vicinity. But she didn't of, see it. She didn't see it. She didn't see it. Don't ask her. She, she didn't, didn't see, it. see it until she sees it. Right. Um. But that is like terrifying. Yeah. To turn around and see someone you love or just had sex with or something. Right. Oh God. Frantically, Candy's fingers somehow found the numbers nine one one. The pistol went flying somehow. No one disputes that. There it was, lying on the pavement, between two men. Both shot. One alive. One dying. So it turns out both men had been shot somehow. One is alive. One is dying. And just like some dynasty soap opera, Candy ran to one of them and we don't know who it is. (laughs) Cut to commercial. I was like, she obviously ran to her husband, right? Like, I was so annoyed that we didn't know, but then I was kind of really into it. I was like, yeah, deadline. Right, because now we're back to Ashley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the sh- storytelling is good. I want to know who storyboarded this thing. Keith. I know. It had to have been Keith. <laughs> Keith, I have notes on the misogyny, but we'll get I to do- it. Um, so we check in with Ashley, who's waiting up for Emmett because they he just like called her crazy and ran out of the like she's devastated. Of all the people to be packing their fucking boxes and moving she, out. Again, Ashley. I'm not blaming her. I understand that not you can't just do that. I get that. I this understand. is us rooting for you from the sidelines, exactly, Ashley. Exactly. I'm not blaming the victim. We have I'm just Ashley saying. signs yeah. where your cheerleaders totally. right now. It's just like we just wish we could have been there I for you. I want to know that she has like I know that Mormons don't drink. I just want to know that she has a fucking secret stash of Chardonnay somewhere and somewhere. boxes at the ready. Ashley. Corrigan did not go to sleep after her angry husband announced he was going to the Walgreens drugstore in Meridian, Idaho. So she was up at one in the morning when the police came. Emmett was dead, they told her. Killed by his lover's husband. And Ashley entered a twilight zone of her own. So the cops get to Ashley at 1 a.m. Yeah. In the morning, because she's, of course, waiting up. And this is how we learn what happened. Yeah. The cops tell her that Emmett, her husband, was shot and killed by Rob. It hits us and Ashley at the same time, because she's like, Keith, here's what I went through. I went she's through, sobbing. Yeah. She's like, a divorce and a death in one sentence. That one moment changed everything. Because she calls it the ultimate humiliation. She says, remember that marriage you were trying to save? Well, now there's not even a marriage to save anymore. And also, like, that's why it's been impossible because he's been cheating this whole time. He's right, in this other right. relationship. Oh, and that's the thing I keep forgetting. Ashley didn't even know that he was cheating. I think in her heart she had to she have known. She had to have. But, like, she's telling us that, like, she learned in that moment he had been cheating and that he's dead. You know, and there's a part of her who fucking still feels like it's her fucking fault. Right, because she thought that there there was something going on with him. There was nothing going on with him. He was cheating. Yeah. Like, there wasn't something that she could help and fix. And he was on drugs. Like, And he was on drugs. You know what I mean? But also, when she says from, like, the pit of her soul, I went through a divorce and a death all in one second, Keith goes, bizarre. Bizarre. <laughs> that must have been wild. Bizarre. <laughs> but then she has to fucking tell the kids. And what story do you tell little kids? Well, there's been an accident and your, your daddy's spirits left his body. So he's not going to be on the earth with you anymore. They all just kind of stared at me like, what are we supposed to do now? What now, indeed? Uh, and like that and then raise five kids. And the four-year-old who was screaming yes. about his dad is going to die. Yeah. We don't talk about that enough. I know. Is that kid okay? I know. On, uh, are they all okay on so many levels? But that, I mean, is that kid, that's like frightening. It is, the, yeah. The fact that that Dateline put that in the episode. Yeah. Because that doesn't go anywhere. We didn't need to know that. So a few miles away, Rob is in the hospital. So here's the deal, you guys. Rob is in the hospital suffering from a grazed bullet wound 
wound to the head. And so what they're saying is that they think it was a botched suicide attempt. The cops think, and the prosecutors are going to, when this goes to court, they're going to say, the theory of the case is that he shot Emmett and Emmett was shot in the heart and the head and that he then turned the gun on himself and tried to die by suicide, but was unsuccessful. Right. That's why he was covered in blood. That shit bleeds. Yeah, right. And so now Candy's at the police station. I mean, this has always been the Candy show. Yeah. But this is really where it's like, her story's changing from minute to minute at this point. Yeah. And over at the Meridian Police Station, Candy Hall, her clothes still covered in blood, was telling the first of several different versions of what happened in the parking lot. Quite unprepared, of course, for the public torrent about to come down on her head. Put a pin in this. Candy gives her, like, night of the incident, gives her report to the police. And then Keith says, but also then suddenly, you were thrust into the public eye as a Jezebel. I know. She was, like, <laughs> slut-shamed and blamed for the murder. I know. She's like, I couldn't go anywhere because everyone was looking at me. She's like, I just want to live. Like, I thought I'd love fame, and I don't. And then she says, I couldn't go to the grocery store. Everybody knows who I am. And Keith goes, well, everyone knows what you did. What you did. And then she's like, yes, and I own it. And I'm like, again, you don't get a medal for owning no, it. I know. When you do a bad thing and you take responsibility, for it, you still did the bad thing. You still did the bad thing. You know what and I mean? like, I don't know. Is Candy? Res- I don't think Candy's responsible for her no, husband's the, behavior. The person who pulled the trigger is exactly. Yeah. But like, you know, Candy is now back in her husband's corner. She's right. his number one supporter. So, by the way, you guys remember the cliffhanger? We didn't know whose side she ran to. She ran to Emmett's. She ran to Emmett's. She ran to Emmett's side and basically held him while he died. Right. Like they're both shot. Her husband is covered in blood. Right. She runs to the boyfriend. She, but now she's the number one supporter of the husband. Exactly. Because that's good for Candy. Of course. You know? Of course, and he is charged, the husband, Rob, is charged with premeditated first-degree murder. And we meet the prosecutors. They're like, he fucking planned it. He brought a gun. He knew he was going to kill this guy. Yeah, we see him on video running up and down the aisles looking for them with a gun. And then waited for 17 minutes for them to come back so he could do it. Right. And apparently, we get testimony of people saying that apparently Rob used to call Candy at work and scream at her on the phone. I mean, we see on the stand this person is testifying under oath that he would scream so loudly at her calling her a whore yeah and saying why are you with him yeah. which which makes it sound like he knew about Emmett for a long time yes. yeah I mean like Rob is not a good guy no Rob is not a good guy Rob it's like what girlfriend are you with like he was cheating too you're both cheating on each other you're both making money it doesn't seem like you had to stay in the marriage like for financial reasons right why did you keep this up why know. did you keep this going I don't know I really don't prosecutors played those surveillance tapes from Walgreens showing Rob arriving at the drugstore 17 minutes before the confrontation, walking through the aisles looking for candy, all the while with a pistol, not the one he usually carried, but the one candy gave him, tucked in his pocket. So, like, now, like, we're, we're basically in the trial. And, like, the prosecution's theory of the case is that, like I said, Rob went there to kill Emmett, shot him in the heart, shot him in the head, then turned the gun on himself. But when the defense gets up, the defense theory of the case is fucking bananas. Oh, and by the way, Rob's no help, apparently, because of his head wound, he doesn't remember anything. And that's okay. And that's says okay. Says his defense. Right. <laughs> and now the defense is like, yeah, hi, can we talk about Emmett and those steroids and amphetamines, yes. please? Because yeah. that is worthy of discussion. And I agree. I agree, too, because the defense is saying what happened was, you know, Candy says in her own words, Emmett pushed him. And in that tussle, his gun fell out of his pants or wherever the hell he was storing the Mm -hmm. fucking loaded gun. And that it was actually Emmett who got the gun, shot at Rob first. That's where the head wound came from. Then somehow lost the gun and Rob was able to get it away from him. And then that's when Rob shot him in the chest and in the head. In 
in self-defense. In self-defense. Right. Keith tells that so quickly. I know. He's like, Emma, grab the gun. Then he shot Rob. Then he gets... Like, I'm like, are we not going to do they both? They both, they both, they both, they both. Three's for the gun, 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 the gun. Oh, I was going right for the end. But I just say the gun 15 times. And, you know, guess, guess who's on the stand to support that theory. So here, you guys, Keith tells us, like, a hush comes over the crowd uh-huh. in the courtroom as Candy makes her entrance. And the courtroom came to a halt. Every head turned when a star witness took the stand. Would you please state and spell your name for the record? Sure. Candy Hall. Candy, who repeated the story on the stand that she told us of Emmett pushing Rob, Emmett becoming enraged of hearing the two men scuffle as she walked away before she heard but did not see the shooting. Candy is center stage. She looks sad and scared, but I think she's a little Roxy Hart in this moment. A one Velma <laughs> Kell, like all, yeah. like, because now suddenly she puts all the blame 100% on Emmett, which is weird because when the cops got there, she told a completely different story. So this is the thing. We never get the story that she told the cops on the night of the murder. They're like, it's completely different from what she said on the stand, but we never, they never tell us what she said. Well, it's like, oh, I didn't see anything. And then it's like, well, I did see things. Right. And even when we see her on the stand, she's like, well, she says the word. She was like, well, once I spoke to my husband, my story changed, and I started to remember more things. She, like, literally admits to it. Candy. Also, there's a moment, oh my god, where she's on the stand, and she's talking to the lawyer, and she's trying to refill her water with yeah. a gigantic pitcher, but she's not looking at where the water's going, and she's trying not to break eye contact. No. Like, Candy, you can't wait ten more minutes for your glass of water. And this is when they're asking her, like, so you changed your story after you spoke to your husband, right. correct? Right. And she's trying, and I'm like, that's gonna go all over the stand and it's like that's the moment you I know. because she and it leads to her pausing more yeah. she looks like a deer in headlights because she doesn't want to it's like that idiot Marco uh-huh. Rubio who didn't want to take the sip of water oh and then he finally God. takes a sip of water and it's just like Candy what are you doing I know I know what are you doing and so then even the judge is like girl you are full of shit he said um in all of his 30-some years on the bench, he'd never seen a witness so thoroughly discredited. But before she left the witness stand, Candy expressed her love and sorrow for the man she cheated on, yet still loved. I mean, and then it's like Candy, she's just playing all sides for herself because now she's on the stand crying about how she never stopped loving Rob and like she's just so, she can't believe it. And it's Uh like, marriages are complicated. I wasn't there. (laughs) But it just uh-huh. seems like you weren't that sorry under that hot streetlight in the, no. in the moonlight uh, fucking your boyfriend. No. Also, Ashley was in the courtroom. Oh, and she's right. like, I was sitting there watching Candy testify. And I'm like, do you mean commit perjury? Because that's essentially <laughs> right. what she was trying. <laughs> and so he's guilty of second degree murder, which means it wasn't premeditated. Right. So he didn't have an intent to kill. He just happened to kill the guy his wife was Or it with. wasn't proven that it was premeditated. Right. You right, know right, what right, I mean? Right, right. And I think as a juror, I think it would be hard to convince me that it was premeditated. Yeah. Not that I think that... It But how do you prove premeditation? Yes, I agree. Paul was sentenced to 30 years in prison. He'll be eligible for parole in the year 2028, just before his 60th birthday. So as we sit here now, having been convicted of intentional murder, um, you're still not, you're not taking responsibility for it as that. As murder, no. 
Rob takes no responsibility. It yeah. is. I mean, he and Candy have decided this is 100% Emmett's fault. Keith I know. hates all of them except Keith Ashley. is glad they're all in jail. And speaking of all in jail, oh my God, you guys, guess what? You guys, remember in the beginning when we find out the whole reason this happened all in the first place is because they're all trash, but the other reason is because Candy got fired from her paralegal fired. job. And I, I rem- they said the word fired. I'm yes. like, they did not say laid off. No. They said fired. We find out Candy also, after this interview, goes to jail because she embezzled $30,000 from the lawyers she worked for before Emmett. She served 18 months for that. She's on parole now. Before she went to prison, she talked to us about regret. I have a lot of guilt still in me, a lot. And it has to do with my kids and his kids. I'm the responsible one. And it's something that I don't know are they going to ever be able to get through that. I mean... Hopefully one day I can prove to them that it was just a mistake. But the thing is, they could not have told us this earlier no. because then she wouldn't have had any credibility right. the whole time. I, I mean, she was already <laughs> hanging by a thread with that credibility. You know, Candy has a lot of guilt. I just have whatever. And Ashley has remarried and she's doing great. And uh, the last words of my notes are Team Ashley. I Team Ashley. You know? Ashley, get some therapy though, girl. It's the, when a man treats you bad, it's not your fault, it's girl. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. He did it. He was an asshole. They, yeah. all, they all are. They Team all Ashley. are. <laughs> Keith, although I have some notes, so we'll talk. We'll talk if you ever call me, girl. Do you us, Keith. Yeah, let's see how to get in touch. <laughs> oh, girl, we did Daylight. What is this one called? Deadly Desire. Deadly how Desire. How can you forget? A classic. A classic. classic. You know Peacock has a whole streaming station just for Datelines? I am aware of that, but they don't have all the Datelines, which I is know. very annoying. Even with 24 hours in a day, 306 days a year, you still can't get them all in. I know. Unbelievable. You, Unbelievable. You guys, if you want more Jillian and me, join us on the Patreon. Over 250 full ad-free bonus episodes to download and binge right this second. Find us there. There's lots of all the series you want us to cover on Netflix and Oxygen and Hulu. All of them, we do them episode by episode. Yeah, and we have the longest list. I promise. I know. Whatever you're thinking of, oh, I hope they get We will. We, yeah, we, we will, will get or to we it. did. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, we will or we did. Yeah, we will or we did. For sure. <laughs> all right. We love you guys. Thank Bye. you for listening. I hope you're enjoying these bonus episodes. Oh, oh my God. I'm having the I hope everyone's having as much fun as I am. I know, That's all I care insane. about. insane. Oh, my so God. Great. All right. We love you. Bye. Bye. We love you. 